You're listening to the Good Samaritan Anglican Church Podcast. The following sermon was recorded by Mother Carrie Klukas on the fifth Sunday of Lent, April 7th, 2019. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Philippians. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, if you'll please pray with me. Lord Jesus, help us to run to you, help us to crave you, and to not cease drawing close to you. Help us to hunger for you in a way that leaves us pressing forward for more of you. And help us not to become complacent in our walk with you, but always seeking more of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so have you ever trained or struggled to learn something new? I know, you're all laughing. Long lives, right? So when I was back in high school, seems a long time ago, I tried out for this color guard team, and it was um, the people that spin the flags in the marching band. And in my local high school, we had a very successful marching band. And we were so successful that we ended up competing on national levels. We typically traveled into the middle of the United States and competed. And miraculously, somehow, I was chosen to be on that color guard team. And I say miraculously because the majority of girls that were chosen for this had trained in the area of dance for nearly their whole little lives. They were flexible, nimble, and athletic. And I was none of those things. And yet they saw something in me to do this. So upon being chosen for this team, practice started immediately, and we had a team of instructors. We had former professional flag twirlers, we had um, dancers and choreographers who were on a team, and they went to work on us. We met after school, and we practiced until it was very dark, doing thousands of sit-ups in the afternoon, and drills and thousands of drills of controlled spins, and extensive ballet movements. It was extremely hard for me. They pushed each of us 
until we got frustrated and wanted to give up. And there were many times when it seemed like that might be the best option to just be done with it. However, as I pressed on, I could feel myself becoming stronger. I saw our team becoming better. And when we marched out onto that football field, we could feel the difference that all that training had made in our team. And when it came down to time for competitions, we won usually almost all of the awards. Had I given up, I would never have experienced the joy that comes from all the hard work and all the training and all the self-sacrifice. But after every performance, we would all sit down and we would watch the show that we just did and we would pull apart everything that, that happened and how it happened and who did what and where they were. There is never a sense of being done or having reached a place of perfection, but rather there is always a focus of pushing forward and of trying again. In the epistle reading today from Philippians, today Paul is teaching about this power and the impact that knowing Christ has had on his own life. Before Paul was a Christian, he had what the world would call a great, successful, and powerful life. He had wealth and comfort and a job he really excelled in and a large, very large amount of power even to end the lives of other people. Paul was considered at the height of his career. And from a worldly standpoint, we would say that he had made it, that his life was comfortable and he had finally made it. Despite what we and others at this time would have thought, Paul actually opens up this passage saying, whatever I gain, I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Because of Paul's conversion to Christ, he lost that comfort. He lost that power and that success he experienced in the world, which he deems as a joy to knowing and being known by Christ. Paul views all of the things that he relied on before as loss. The things of the world that held him up and helped him to feel sure about himself, he viewed that as loss. When I was a young college student and I was feeling, I put myself through college, it took me six years to graduate, I had to pay my way through, I had to pay for my, all of my, my life, my housing, my everything, I did it all on my own. And I was very young and when I was feeling very insecure about my life, I would walk through my shared apartment and I would look at all the things that I owned. I would justify my okayness by the physical things that I could say that I owned. I used a worldly standard to justify my existence. I knew Jesus at that point, but I did not realize how far off I was from what truly mattered. As my relationship with Jesus deepened and I became more aware of the things that I leaned upon in my life for assurance and justification. What worldly standards do you hang on to to justify who you are 
and what you are about. Is it your car or your boat or your house or maybe the community that you live in? Is it your clothes or your preference for style or your standard of living? Each and every one of us are tempted to cling on to physical things that we can see to justify who we are. And Paul today is our guide in how we perceive ourselves and what truly matters. He tells us to remember that it is all loss in comparison to knowing the Lord. You cannot make enough money. You cannot buy enough clothes. You cannot purchase enough cars to outdo the amazing reality that it is to have a relationship with Christ. Being known by the maker of heaven and earth and being loved by him will far outdo anything else that you might find in this world. Yesterday, um, if you were able to be here, we had the privilege of having Father um, Hunter Van Wagenen with, his, with us at the missionary breakfast. He and his wife, Stephanie, are raising support to be missionaries in Spain on the El Camino, which is an ancient pilgrimage route that thousands of people travel every year. And on this trail, many people hiking it are from Europe, and they are not believers. They typically are successful in the sense that they have all that they need. They have clothes, they have food, they have a good income. They have enough money to take off a month or six weeks worth of their job and just walk the El Camino. They are comfortable. However, these people are seeking out meaning in their lives and they're craving a deeper meaning and they're often not finding it. Paul's story of his life could truly open up for these people in their lives to receive God's love. His life, his story was their story, is their story now. Paul speaks today about the reality that righteousness does not come from anything that we can do, but rather from the goodness and the mercy of God. Paul says that righteousness does not come from the law alone, but by faith in Christ. Keeping the law perfectly cannot be done. And it's not for us to worry about it and to fret about it. Faith in Christ is our way to the Father. We cannot win our way or choose the perfect response every single time, but rather we must rely on the belief that Jesus is the Lord and he loves us so very much. Faith is the assurance of what is hoped for and what is not seen. Faith is the belief or understanding that God loves us and he cares for us and he longs to give us a good life. Paul longs to know Jesus in the power of his resurrection, not just as like a good teacher or a great leader, but rather as one who has the power to stomp down death and to set captives free. As we'll see in the next few weeks and focus upon in the resurrection, the resurrection changed everything, and it radically offered us a way to freedom 
and life. Paul longs to share in Christ's sufferings and to become like him in his death. This means that knowing the power of his resurrection in our daily experience and sharing his sufferings by dying to our self-centered life that is natural to us and being willing to face difficulty and hardship that the gospel of salvation may go out to all people. We're naturally prone towards selfish motives and selfish lives. Much in our day is actually oriented around what is easy and taking the easy way. We're told that if you're working too hard, then you must not be doing it right. And you make things too hard on yourself. Difficulties and hardships are viewed as a problem that need a quick and simple fix. And this typically involves turning away from the people who become too much work or running away from situations that take up too much time. The world tells us to make our lives easier, less complicated, and not too difficult, which typically means cutting off care of others or any emotionally challenging situation. The Christian life, however, is one that is turned towards the work that God has provided for us, which often involves difficulty and struggle. The Christian life seeks to turn oneself outward and back towards others and back towards difficult things. All throughout church history, we see time and time again Christians standing in hard places and showing love and care for the least and the lost. And when Christians care for those who no one else will, then the world can't help but turn and see that gospel in action. In our world today, maybe this is people in our community who are in a time and a season of need, offering a practical and prayerful help and assistance can reach the hearts and care for real people's needs. Or maybe it's a situation that's closer to home, perhaps a child that who really needs your time and attention, or an elderly parent or a spouse who really needs care. Paul reminds us that today that when we suffer for the gospel, we share in Christ's suffering and death. Our difficulties and our daily struggles are opportunities for us to draw near to the cross of Christ. There are so many days when I'm tempted to give up the work that I do. I mean, let's face it, homeschooling is hard and challenging. Loving lots of kids is challenging. And being kind and thoughtful to another human being as your spouse is hard. However, my life would be so very sad and it would be empty without them. My work, when I remember it, is beautiful. It gives me purpose every day. 
And when I remember it, it can draw me close into the heart of Jesus. Suffering and self-denial are meant to be ways to identify ourselves as Christians and ways that orient ourselves towards others. These two realities must always belong together in any genuine Christian life. If you wonder if your life looks like the Christian life, ask yourself, where do I stretch? Where do I struggle? Where am I giving back and caring for another? Paul goes on to say, not that I've only obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. There are those that were in the Philippi church who believed that they had already reached a state of perfection and they needed not to grow or to change. They thought that they had already arrived. Paul recognized the call to Christians to aspire to the highest standards as Jesus himself said, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. But he never claimed to have reached that perfection. Paul was really careful to keep his head on. As I, I always say it to our kids, keep your head on. We need um, to remind ourselves that we have never arrived on this side of the cross. We will be forever needing to grow and to change towards Christ. The word that Paul uses means literally to pursue. The word by which he describes his own persecution of the early church. He wanted to take hold of that great purpose for which Christ had taken hold of him. And when he confronted him on that Damascus road, years before. Before Paul was even converted, he was pursuing Christians. He was hunting them down, and he was hurting them and killing them. After encountering Christ, Paul, he throws his love and his longing towards pursuing holiness. Paul never thought of himself as reaching this state of perfection but rather pursuing his relationship with Jesus. He wanted to be found straining towards what lay ahead of him. And to express this, he uses this another very strong word, which is like you can apply it to an athletic context, like or a chariot race, you know, they're pressing forward. And every fiber of their being was set on a goal or on a purpose of his Christian life. There was a prize to be won. Though we cannot be totally sure whether Paul saw this prize as Christ himself, or God's call to the life above, or the crown of life, or the gift of God's grace to those who faithfully persevere to, in their calling to the very end. Paul knew that he would never love God perfectly, but he found freedom in his relationship with Christ. He longed and he strained forward towards God, even if it meant opposition or struggle or difficulty. 
His single focus allowed him to endure many of the sufferings that he experienced in his ministry. Paul did not allow his past life to define his current life. Paul did not allow his sinfulness and his past brokenness to weigh him down and to identify him. He allowed the freedom of Christ to break the bonds of death and oppression that was found in a life without Christ. Paul allowed Christ to do the work of setting him free and Christ to do the work of showing him what his life was to be about. In a life given over to the Lord, you are not defined by your broken, bad, sinful decisions, but rather you can be set free to pursue the Lord in holiness. As we turn from our broken past and we press forward and a single focus of pursuing and serving God in our lives, we become changed and made new. No longer are we identified by our previous ways, but we begin to change, to grow, to struggle, and to find ourselves moving towards Christ. Struggling is not bad. It is not something to be avoided, but rather it's something to be embraced. When we struggle, we are truly on the brink of change and of growth. When we see someone struggling to, you know, I have a bunch of kids, so when we see someone just struggling to keep their kids in church, don't glare at them. Don't distract their kids from worshiping and listening but rather pray for them and show their kids someone who loves Jesus. Show their kids, show the people around you your love and desire to worship him. When you see your brother or sister in Christ struggling to not yell or swear or speak poorly of another person, encourage them and pray for them. Straining towards Christ involves struggle. Just like an athlete, you know, struggles to gain balance or to gain focus or to gain a better performance. Christ Christians need to be in the work of struggling to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. Paul encourages us to grow in maturity and to think in this way of growth and struggle. It's important for us to take stock in our lives and to ask the hard questions of, am I growing in the ways of the Lord? If you can't see how you have changed or maybe how you've drawn closer to him, then challenge yourself to find a way to listen to him more. Perhaps coming to church on Wednesday nights is a way to, that you can grow. Maybe learning more about him. Perhaps coming to Father Chris or myself or Deacon Stephen for advice on how to walk more closely with God is in order. We're about to enter Holy Week and it's an incredible time and opportunity to draw near to God. And one of the ways that's very helpful for many Christians to engage Holy Week is through confession. You can make an appointment with Father Chris or I 
and we can walk you through a formal or even a very informal session of confession. In our tradition, you are not required at all, but you're given an opportunity to confess to a priest. It can be very freeing, as it's really hard to hold on to your sin while you're running towards God. And yes, you can totally confess them to God yourself, but it takes on more of a powerful note in your life to say them out loud to another person and to hear words of freedom that can be spoken over you. So maturity in Christ, Paul talks about maturity in Christ is the goal of our Christian life. We will never fully arrive on this side of the cross, but we're called to live lives that strain towards Christ, seeking to do his will in this world. While struggle, pain, and discomfort are never fun, they can powerfully shape our lives. Don't run from the hard moments in your life, but rather invite Christ into them to grow and shape you. And allow the Jesus, the Jesus who conquered death and who rose again and who can conquer your sin and your past, allow him to change you. So may you enter Holy Week next week. It starts next week. May you enter it with a longing for Christ. May you strain forward as an athlete strains forward in pursuit of Jesus. And may you know his powerful and his merciful love for each and every one of you. To God be the glory now and forever. Amen. This has been a production of Good Samaritan Anglican Church in Middleburg, Florida. For more sermons, sermon notes, and information about our congregation, please visit www.goodsamaritananglican.org slash sermons. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please subscribe and leave us a review with your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening. God bless you.